hey, we got some great things to talk about. Look at your neighbor and say, great things. Great expectations. That's uh, the next three weeks. That's where we're going to talk about. Great expectations. That when you walk with the Lord, you need to begin to expect some great things to take place in your life. doesn't mean you're going to be uh, uh, omitted from having trouble. Jesus told you, hey, in this world, there will be trouble. But be of good cheer because I have overcome not just your trouble. He said, I overcame the world. I've overcome the whole world. The world that contains your troubles, he overcame it. Guess what? If you're walking with him, if you're a believer in Christ and you're part of the kingdom of God, you get to overcome the world. Paul said that this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith, our faith. So when you learn to trust him and you learn to submit to him every area of your life, which means you, you give it all up. Hey, it's, everything I got is yours, Lord. It came from you to begin with. Then you become world overcomers. Not just trouble overcomers, but you, you get to overcome the world as well. So we're going to talk about the hundredfold today, and we'll get to it in a second. Uh, let's see if this is working for me. Poe, you may have to, uh, you may have, there you go. Let's talk about possibilities. Let's talk about possibilities. I want you to begin to expand your faith, expand your mind, expand your imagination as to what God could do. Uh, because quite frankly, go to the next slide for me, sweetie. Thank you. My beautiful daughter helping me with slides over here today. Uh, Mark 9, 23, Jesus says this. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe... All things are possible. The Amplified says it this way. All things can be and all things are possible to him who believes. Anybody here believe Christ Jesus is Lord? Anyone? Guess what? All things are possible. You need to take impossibility out of your vocabulary. You need to take the words I can't out of your vocabulary. Uh, let's go to the next slide for me. Let's see what the Apostle Paul had to say about this. Philippians 4.13, apparently the Apostle Paul bought into this because he said it too. I can do all things. How many things? All. Through Christ who strengthens me. I love how the Amplified puts it. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I don't know what you're facing this week, what you've been facing lately. Some of you I do, but I do know this, that in Christ, you are ready for all things and you are equal to all things. You will not face anything that you can't go toe to toe with as long as you have faith. Amen? Now, this is the thing. Uh, most people... We allow our limitations to stop us, what we perceive to be our limitations. What I'm hearing Jesus say is, apparently you don't have the limitations on you that you thought you had. And really limitations, we, we wind up getting our limitations from uh, what other people say to us or what we perceive our environment is communicating to us, right? I mean, how often have you said, look, that's never gonna happen. Yeah. Look, if you do this, you're never gonna get this. You don't need to waste your time with that because such and such is never going to come about, right? Or we just start observing our environment. Uh, I guess this will never take place, or I guess I'll never be able to do this, or I guess I'll never see this. You know, we, we have all these limitations, and, the, and my problem with that is, is 
with what Jesus has to say, if all things are possible, then who am I or anyone else to dictate what I can and can't achieve in my walk with him? Uh, Go to the next slide. I want to talk about this guy. Roger Bannister. I don't know if anyone recognizes that name, but ever since the 1800s, the late 1800s, uh, avid runners have been trying to break the four-minute mile, right? They could, like, and they couldn't do it. I mean, they would get five minutes, five and a half minutes, four and a half minutes, but there was never a runner up until that point that, at least known to man, that had ever been recorded running a mile in four minutes. And so they, they just said, it's impossible. It is impossible for the human body to move that fast. If you're a gazelle or a cheetah, awesome. But if you're a human, too bad. Can't run it in four minutes. I don't care how fast you are, can't be done. Until, until May 6, 1954, this man, Roger Bannister, ran a mile in three minutes, 59 and four-tenths seconds. So just under four minutes. So he, he did what everyone had said was impossible. Now, the irony of this is, ever since May 6, 1954, there have been thousands of people that have ran a mile in four minutes or less. Because one person proved him wrong. And it changed the psyche of all the avid runners out there. That takes something, because if you're an avid runner, man, God bless you. You got a crazy psyche to begin with, you know? One man changed the psyche and the perception of what was possible for an entire world. If Roger Bannister can do it, how much more should the word of God change our perception of what is possible and impossible? in our life. Amen? Hop to the next slide, my love. Did Jesus really mean this? Did he really mean, because this is the problem. When I start preaching about how good God is and how big he wants to bless us and how how much he wants to uh, uh, profit us in all of our endeavors, uh, I find that Christians tend to have a big but. Right? (laughs) Because they go, but... Does God really do that? Or, but, does God operate like that? But, did Jesus, I mean, did he really mean, he, I know he said all things are possible. You can't walk off this building and float in the air. Well, if it's the will of God, he'll make it happen, <laughs> right? Uh, well, let's see what Jesus had to say about what he had to say. Go to the next slide. John seven sixteen says this. There's three times Jesus talks about this, just in the gospel of John. Jesus answered them saying, my teaching is not my own, but his who sent me. John 8, 28 says, I do nothing of myself of my own according or on my own authority, but I say exactly what my father has taught me. John 12, 49 says, this is because I have never spoken on my own authority or my own accord or as a a self-appointed, but the father who sent me has himself given me orders concerning what to say and what to tell. So what Jesus is basically saying here in these three scriptures is if I'm saying it, it came from the father. So it wasn't even the son's idea to say something as ridiculous as that. If you believe, all things are possible. He's saying, if I said it, it came from the Father. I heard it straight from him. 
Well, can we trust God? Let's go, I don't know. Let's go to the next slide. Let's find out. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Titus 1 and 2. God who cannot lie. Hebrews 6, 18. It is impossible for God to lie. So based on these six scriptures, can we pretty much uh, uh, surmise that Jesus was speaking what he heard the Father say, and the Father isn't a liar. So if Jesus said, all things are possible, then that means all things are possible to him who believes, right? All right, now that we've established that, start having great expectations. Start believing for the hundredfold. Go to the next slide for me, my love. The hundredfold, what is that? That's a good biblical sounding word. Nobody really says hundredfold anymore. A uh, hundredfold. Jesus actually used it several times. Uh, next slide. Uh, now this, this conversation took place right after you remember when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, Hey, I've followed all the commandments, uh, man, I've lived a good life. What is it that I need to do? Am I lacking anything? And Jesus said, yeah. And Jesus loved this guy. I mean, he was impressed with him. He said, yeah. He said, sell everything you got, give it to the poor and follow me and you'll have treasures in heaven. He didn't say, Hey, go make yourself broke. He just said everything that you got, sell it and bless those and you'll have treasures in heaven. We talked about this several months back. In other words, you're, you make a deposit in heaven, not the sweet by and by heaven, but heaven as the kingdom in which we live. And, and, and we learned that when you need that, anytime you give, the Bible says if, when, you, when you give to the poor, that you, you are loaning money to God and that he'll repay you. Solomon said that in Proverbs. And so he, he just got through telling this guy, hey, just sell everything you got, give it away and follow me. And you'll have treasures in heaven. You'll get it back as you need it with interest. And the, the young man didn't understand it. And he left sad. And Jesus made a statement. He said, whew. He looks at his disciples. He said, it's really difficult for a rich man to enter into heaven. Now, he wasn't talking about, again, the sweet by and by. So he didn't say it's difficult for a rich man to be saved from hell. He's talking about the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom in which we live. Well, what, you remember, what, what do you have to do to enter into the kingdom? You have to submit to the king of the kingdom. That means you submit everything in your life. That means whatever you have, if he says, give it away, you give it away. If he wants you to purchase something, you purchase it. If he wants you to trade something, you trade it. If he wants you to open things up to other people, you do it. You follow whatever the king says. And what he was saying is, it's very difficult for someone who is so dependent, who works for their stuff, rather than working for the king, to enter into heaven. Yeah. And he didn't say it was impossible. He said it's just difficult. You know, the, you, you, the Bible says you can't serve God and mammon, or you can't serve God and money at the same time, right? So the disciples were like, woo, man, then who can be saved, right? And so this is what Jesus responds. Verse 27, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. Well, he says it again, look at this. For with God, all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, well, see, we, we have left all and followed you. Which the thing about the disciples did. James and John walked away from their father's business. You know, Peter, he had a pretty good trade going on along with those guys. 
So Jesus says this, verse 29, Jesus answered and said, assuredly, that word means, look, I'm serious about this. I am so sure about this. I am so confident about this. Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. Let's pause there because I know some of y'all's story. Some of you guys in your pursuit of faith and your pursuit of living your life for God and submitting to Christ, you've given up a lot. You've lost a lot. People have left your life. Things have burnt up in your life. Businesses have failed. Homes have kind of collapsed. You know, I, I know some of your stories, so I want you to hear this. There's not anyone who's given all this stuff up for my sake and for the gospel's sake who shall not receive, there's the word, what, a hundredfold. Oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have some, I'm going to have a mansion. I'm going to have streets of gold, gates of pearl. It's going to be good. No, he's not talking about the sweet by and by. Who shall not receive a hundredfold when? Now. And this time, you, you, if whatever you have to let go of in your life to pursue the kingdom of God, you'll receive a hundredfold of it in this life, in this time, houses, I like the plus plural, that's abundance, right? Houses, brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. In other words, there's going to be a knucklehead that mouths off about you. Uh, you ever notice that sometimes when you get blessed, there's always a Christian that's miserable because they don't have any faith that God wants to really bless them and take care of them. And then they want to like mouth off about you, you know? So you're going to have some persecution. So you get that now and in the age to come, eternal life. So in other words, yeah, you're going to have a sweet by and by. And it is sweet. It gets sweeter every year because I get more loved ones that show up over there. But Notice he said, you shall receive a hundredfold. Now, the, the, the problem is there's some uh, translations of the Bible that will translate that as a hundred times. A hundredfold is not a hundred times necessarily. Sometimes it's actually more than a hundred times. Sometimes it's less, but it's more meaningful. Let's go to the next slide. By hundredfold, this is what hundredfold means uh, biblically. The maximum potential of God's best in your life. So say I have an apple seed and I say, come on guys, let's go out here. We're going to plant an apple tree and we plant that apple tree. What's a hundredfold of that apple seed? It, it wouldn't be well enough apples to get a hundred seeds. That's, that's not a hundredfold. A hundredfold is you plant the seed, it grows into a tree that produces apples and apples and apples, you'll wind up getting thousands of seeds over a span of years. Not only that, animals can come and rest in the shade of that apple tree. Uh, uh, birds can plant nests in that apple tree. Uh, as, as a branch grows old and falls off, Pastor Dave can go pick it up and, and put it in a smoker and smoke a pork shoulder or something over some apple wood, man. See, the, I mean, that's like a, the hundredfold is the maximum potential of that one seed. Everything you do in life, you're sowing seed. You're, you're sowing either wonderful vegetation for your life or you're sowing some weeds <laughs> that you got to deal with. But think of the potential, something that you may think is so minuscule actually has a hundredfold potential in it. 
and a, and a hundredfold potential of a seed is massive. You know, you, you plant one corn, one grain of corn, what's the hundredfold? Well, you, you may get thousands of grain of corn from that one seed, right? So uh, remember, remember the story that Jesus was telling about the, the farmer that went and was sowing seed and some of the seed fell on stony ground and then some of the seed fell, fell on the worn, flat, hard path. Some of it fell amongst the weeds. And when, when, it went, when those went to sprout, the weeds choked them out. And that's, Jesus said, that's the cares of life that'll choke out the word. And, and the seed is the word, the word of God. Uh, and then he talked about the birds of the air came and stole the seed that was on the ground before they could even take root uh, on, the, on the worn path. And then the, the, the rocky, stony ground, uh, the seeds were... Uh, the, the, the roots were shallow. They couldn't, and so they withered as soon as things got hot. And, and, and so he talks about these are the, way that, the ways that the enemy distracts and tries to steal the word out of you. But if you remember, go to the next slide. If you remember, and this is coming from Mark 4 and 8, some of the seed fell on good ground. You remember? So some of the seed fell on good ground. Everyone say good ground. I want you to do kind of like what Ryan tells you to do. I want you to touch your heart. Is it good ground? I, I, hope, it's, I hope it's good ground, right? Now, notice the word, if it falls on good soil, if it falls on good ground, it yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced. So as long as the word of God falls on good soil, good ground, it will produce. It will increase right? It will yield a crop. But notice the difference in the crops. It says some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold, right? And this caught my attention a few weeks ago. And I, and I asked, I said, Lord, why? It's, it's all good soil. It's the same soil and the same rain and the same nutrients. Why did some seed only produce 30-fold, some see, praise God for 30-fold, that's an increase. Some 60-fold and some 100-fold. Because I, I'm at a point in my life, I want the 100-fold for my life. I don't want just 30% of God's goodness in me, 60% <laughs> of God's blessing. If he's got a blessing, I want the whole thing. I want the maximum potential. And there's not a thing wrong with all of us expecting that. So I asked, Lord, what, what was the difference? And he immediately reminded me, go to the next slide, of Matthew 9.29. When Jesus was healing the blind, he said, according to your faith, let it be to you. Let it be done to you according to your faith. The problem is this. A lot of believers, we've, got, we've been so messed up with this theology that God's mad at you. You've, you've, you've been a big mess up in your life. You, you, blew, it, you blew it this week. You've got to prove yourself to him again. Or he, he can't trust you with things and this and that. And all the, we got all this stuff as if, and yet the Bible clearly teaches because of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross the blood of the lamb applied to our life, the fact that he was resurrected and we can have faith in him, that now we have peace between us and God. I'm sorry if this hurts your feelings, but God is not angry with you. God is absolutely crazy about you. Well, you don't know what I did this week. Well, he'll clean you up. He'll mend you up. You didn't hurt him. You hurt you. 
right? So the 30, 60, or 100-fold is according to our faith. Are you only believing God for 30% increase in your life? 60% increase, 100% increase. I, I want everyone to say 100-fold. That's what you need to be believing God for going into this next year. This next year, this next year, Lord, I believe that I can obtain the maximum potential of your desire, your plan, your will for my life. I believe a hundredfold blessing on my marriage. I believe for a hundredfold blessing on my relationship with my children. I believe for a hundredfold blessing on my job, a hundredfold blessing on my finances, a hundredfold blessing on my relationships and my witness with other people. Just start claiming it for every area of your life. Say, I want a hundredfold blessing for my dog. Look, we don't want, we don't want your dog to get sick, right? It's hard to pray for your animal. Matter of fact, go to, the next, go to the next slide real quick for me. Here we go. Here's a couple of pooches. Now, I actually put a Dover. I'm going to let y'all in on something. Uh, now, we, we had a German shepherd, and, and Eric and Riley had to go, uh, had to go put them down. Uh, several months back, he had, he had a, a tumor that was just getting too bad. So, uh, but Erica's, I'll, I'll fill y'all in on a little secret of Erica's. What she really loves is Dobermans. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to get her one. Because <laughs> we're kind of enjoying not having a dog at the moment. Uh, although they're wonderful and they're a blessing. But, whew, glory to God, it's like freedom, man. It's like being an empty nester, right? You know? But... Uh, so yeah, I stuck a Dober in it up there just, just for my wife. Uh, but here, here we got these dogs gnawing on these bones. So I'm going to ask you a question that was asked of me a few weeks back. Uh, how many of you would agree that dogs love bones? Okay. Pastor Jerry Savelle asked that question and then he proved me wrong. He said, uh, I disagree with you. Dogs love steak, but they settle for bones. Think about it. If you were to go home today, those of you that got dogs, and get you a New York strip, rub you just a little bit of olive oil on it, sprinkle some, uh, uh, some, some, uh, 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 what do we put? Uh, my brain's going blank. Not what? Montreal. Montreal steak seasoning. Thank you. Yeah. Montreal, just a, some Montreal steak seasoning. Then get your, get your cast iron heated up really good. Sear it. Four minutes, and then it's time to flip because you want it medium rare. You flip it, and when you flip it, you put a slab of butter on it. Let that melt over it. Because butter, butter is far healthier than margarine. You can say what you want. And then you're going to put it on a plate. Four minutes on that side too. So four minutes and four minutes. And then you put it on that plate. And then you get you a bone and you put both of them on the floor. Which is your dog going to go to first? <laughs> you go to that steak. How many of us are like dogs? We settle because, oh, you know, I feel bad because, you know, I'm not perfect. And God, I know I don't deserve this or that. No, we, none of us deserve anything. But we're made worthy. I am now the righteousness of Christ. Because he became sin for me, right? So we, we got to get out of that mindset and understand that God has the hundredfold best in store for us. 
and it doesn't hurt his feelings at all to give it to you, right? You want steak or you want bones? I'll go for steak. I don't know about y'all. Go to the next slide for me. I, this is what I want. Moving forward into this next year, uh, you know, every year the, the Lord gives me a word for, for the coming year. This year it was, uh, or last year it was, um, I'm growing a church. That's what he said. I'm growing a church. And man, I saw exponential growth and, and some of your faith and your relationship with Christ. That's really what growth is about. It's not numerics. It's, it's about how much are we growing in the kingdom. Uh, and then this year it was, I'm perfecting a church. And, and Ryan was the first one to pick up on that. He was like, oh, snap, man. That's not, because you are perfected through the fire. You remember, Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit, and we all like that, but also says he, he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. fire. We don't like baptism by fire, but that's what purifies us and perfects us. The book of James says it this way, count it all joy when you go through all this mess, right? Why? Because it's the perfecting of your faith. You learn to trust God. If you didn't have giants to fight, you wouldn't need any faith, right? And yet we are called to walk by faith. So we get opportunities to just trust him, right? Uh, so with that, going into 2024, uh, the, the phrase that, that I felt like the Lord spoke to me was, uh, he said it this way, he said, raising babies. And by that, uh, it's discipleship. That we all, we all need to be discipled and we all need to disciple. Uh, it's not just the pastoral staff's um, call and, and job to disciple the church. It's the church's job to disciple the church. And, and so we're praying about what does that look like for us? How do we get all of us involved in discipling, being discipled, but also discipling? And, it, and, and a lot of it has to do, it goes far beyond just, hey, we have a discipleship class, come to it, you know, and then you do a Bible study. It goes far beyond that. Discipleship is doing life and, and growing together in the word and holding each other accountable, but also holding each other up and carrying each other when we need to be carried and lifting people up, you know? Uh, Jesus had a lot of folks that followed him, but he had 12 that he was able to impact. And then from that 12, he had three that he was super, super close to, right? And that's, that's Christ. So, so it's, it's absolute, you know, we have typically seven, 75 to 85 people that come on Sunday morning. It is impossible for one pastor to disciple, truly disciple that many folk right? And discipling is not preaching a sermon, <laughs> you know? Discipling is doing life, uh, sometimes having to get down in the mud with each other, <laughs> you know, and pick each other up, that, that type of thing. So, uh, in doing so, as you're praying, and, and help me pray as to what that's supposed to look like for our culture here in, in this church. Uh, I, I'm not really concerned with how other churches do it. Praise God for how other churches do it, but how does God want us to do it here? Uh, but I also want, I want to invite you to do this. I want you to dare to have all things possible dreams. Dream. The, the path that I've walked, I've not dreamt in so long. I mean, I have dreams at night. Usually they're weird, but, but I mean, you know what I mean? Just 
dreams, right? And, and we, we uh, it's, it's almost as if we look at it as negative, right? Because those are our desires. Those are our wants. And, and, you know, when you grow up, you have to start organizing your finances, right? You have, you have your list of needs. And then you have your list of wants, right? And you kind of go, oh, that's a want, you know? And, and I can't convince Miss Erica that, you know, that that cruise is really a need. I mean, we need to get away. We need it. Well, no, that's a want, right? So it almost has, it almost carries a, a negative connotation to it. Like, ah, that's a want. I know it's kind of selfish of me. I got to pay my mortgage. I got to pay electricity. Got to get gas. Got to buy food. Those are needs, you know? This toy, that's a want, you know? It, it's, it's how we wind up training ourselves. And, and the Lord is starting to, he, he's speaking this to a lot of people, but, but he, he, this was back uh, a little over a month ago. And, and he said, David, he said, I already know about your needs. I, I, matter of fact, my word says, I know them before you even pray them to me. He said, don't, let's talk, but don't talk to me about, about your needs. I know your needs. Matter of fact, I promised I would supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Don't talk about your needs. He said, tell me what you want. And I said, Lord, you asked me to dream? He said, yeah, tell me about your dreams. We are co-laborers. You are yoked with me. You know, that's what Jesus invites us. Uh, come yoke yourself with me, for I am gentle and meek. He said, take, take my burden for it's easy. Take my yoke, it's light, right? Yes. So if you're stressed out over something, you're not carrying the right burden. His burden's easy, his, his yoke is light. So, or yoke is easy, burden is light. Vice versa, right? So, so he says, I want you to dare to dream. And I said, but Lord, those are my wants. I got to concentrate on me. He said, I, I told you, I'm already going to provide for you. And this is what I want to encourage you to do. Dream to him. Talk to him about what is it that you want? And this is what's beautiful. He said, Dave, he says, am I not your shepherd? Am I not your pastor? Well, if you let me pastor you, go to the next slide. Sweetie, look at this. Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my pastor. That's what the word shepherd means. The Lord is my pastor. I shall not want. He said, Dave, I, I'm meeting your needs. He said, walk with me and let me meet your wants. Isn't that beautiful? You have a God that wants you to dream with him. And he wants to partner with you. Now, he may take that dream and carve it out even better change it up a little bit, but it's pretty powerful when you can find someone greater than you that has far more resources than you who wants to partner with you on a dream. If you don't know how awesome that is, talk to the owner of Selah Coffee and find out what the power of partnership can do. God wants to do that. And then he goes on, Psalm 37, 4, look at this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you, he's going to give you your needs. No, it doesn't say that. He will give you the, the desires and secret petitions of your heart, the things that you're, you've been too scared to even tell people because they think you're crazy. Man, I want to do this with my life, but I'm not going to tell nobody because they're going to tell me that's a limitation. Yet I heard today that Jesus said all things are possible for those who believe. So I'm going to start delighting myself in the Lord. And he promised me, he'll give me the desires and secret petitions, my dreams. 
I told the Lord, I said, I hadn't dreamt in so long. He said, start doing it now. So he and I started dreaming together. I want to invite you. Isn't that an awesome God? And if he'll do it for a knucklehead like me, he'll do it for you. Let's all stand. Amen. Amen. Great expectations. I want you to leave here and I want you to believe God for the hundredfold. Let it be done according to your faith. Your faith is so powerful. Think about your faith. Your faith is powerful enough. The Bible said that if, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. That's, that's faith in action. Your faith was powerful enough that it put you in a position to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus to turn you. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new a new creation, a new creature. Your faith was powerful enough that it changed who you are. It changed you into something new. How much more powerful would it be your faith in Christ to bring about your dreams, to bring about your hopes, to bring about blessings so that you can be a, a greater blesser? Isn't that an awesome thought? When, when Jesus, when, when the, the, the woman with the issue of blood came and touched the hem of his garment, you remember that? And she was instantly healed. 12 years with an issue of blood. She was instantly healed. Instantly. You remember what Jesus said? He didn't turn, did he turn around and say, oh, that's a good thing you touched my magic robe. Did he say that? Did he say, yes, my child, I, the great Messiah, I have healed thee. No, what did he say? Your faith has made you whole. He didn't even take the credit for it. Her faith in him, that's power. And if you'll delight yourself in him, and have, all things are possible for those who believe or have faith, amen. Lord, I love you. Thank you for your word. Father, I, I just, I, I have great expectations as to what you have in store for my life and for the life of every, everyone here in this room. What crazy adventures are you going to send us on to impact someone else's life, to reflect your love? What amazing ways are you going to bless us so that we can just in turn bless others and give, give everything away? What great revelations are you going to teach us about living in your kingdom? And what authorities are you going to reveal to us that we get to walk around in? My expectations are great, Lord. And I thank you. I praise you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Now we're going we're gonna to sing one more song, and I'm glad we are because I stunk it up the first time we sang it. So we're going to sing Egypt again. So, so this, the old drummer gets a second chance. I hope y'all didn't notice I was thinking about uh, But I was. I promise you that. Uh, we're going to do better this time. But before we do, if, if, if you need prayer for anything, don't, don't run out of here before you let, not just me, but grab anybody. Grab anybody and have them pray over you, pray with you. Uh, also, if you don't, if you don't mind, uh, you may notice, usually I hang out by the door and I hug everybody, all that stuff. Once, once I get these drums torn down, uh, uh, Erica, Riley, and I, we, we've got a luau we have to go to. Uh, our granddaughter has turned nine and she has requested a luau.
and it's in Oklahoma, so we gotta, we gotta hit the road. So if, if, if I disappear quick today, it's not because I don't love y'all. I just, we, gotta go, we gotta go party with our grandbaby. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.